BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I've got visions in my head. People tell me that I'm crazy. I tell them that's exactly it. I've got reasons for my absence. People tell me that I'm burn out. I tell them I'm not like the rest of Hi, guys. Welcome back to the I Love You So Much podcast. I am your host, Kenzie Elizabeth. Today, we are sitting down with Helen Hall. She was in Dallas. I was so glad to be able to hang out with her and talk with her. She is one of the most wild, creative, like interesting people I've talked to in a while. If you guys didn't know, Helen Hall is the founder of Blender Bombs. She created her first business in 2017 at age 23 with only $300 and is now doing over $4 million in sales. She's also founded a Charleston-based smoothie bar, a plant-based food truck, and an alcohol wine spritzer, and an entire online marketplace to promote a healthy lifestyle. And she's also writing a book, guys. It's really crazy. I had so many questions. So without further ado, we're going to get into the episode. But before, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, um, join the Facebook group, and follow us on Instagram. Anyways, um, I hope you guys enjoy the episode, and let's get started. Wow. I haven't recorded a podcast in person in so long. Oh, yeah, because it's COVID. So long. Oh, my God. Well, are you glad I'm here? Yes. Welcome to Dallas. How are you doing? (laughs) I love Dallas, except for today's today's a pretty shitty day. Yeah. So the past two weeks, the weather has been really great until today. And all of a sudden, it's gloomy. You know, I was going to go to White Rock, take the dogs on a nice walk tonight. Canceled. Canceled. Oh, my God. We're already talking about the weather. I know. I'm here for it. (laughs) Here we are. Okay. So you are literally anywhere and everywhere right now. Can you explain to us, like, what you're doing? Because... It's crazy. It is so fun to keep up with you on Instagram Thank right now. Thank you. I'm so dead, first of all. But like you're bringing me back to life because you're 10,000 energies in one, which is great. What I need, and we'll talk about that with human design later. But so, you know, I have a company called Blender Bombs, which again, we can get into on what it is later. But we don't have investors. I grew it from, you know, $300. We're doing over $5 million in sales now. We just got our first line of credit to support growth, which is very exciting because we bootstrapped always. Like we're still currently bootstrapping. We got an RV because, you know, it's like people can pay... $5,000 for a billboard for a month. But like, why would I do that when I can, you know, get a bus and make it a permanent billboard and just travel with it? So we got a big 34 foot long RV. We wrapped it in our beautiful like logo. Our colorblind designer, Dan made this beautiful logo and the bus looks like candy shop, you know, it's great. And we've gone from Birmingham, Nashville, Baton Rouge, Houston. That's where we had the ice storm. Austin and now we're in Dallas and we're doing it for like three weeks at a time in each city, meeting people, podcasting, um, talking to other entrepreneurs, you know, business owners trying to get wholesale accounts, other like food bloggers, things like that. And we're doing it the grassroots way. Cause I like to talk to people. 
I love that. It also makes for way better stories, way better connections. Do you not want investors because you just want more control? Like what is the, what's the benefit? And the so cons? investors are awesome and one day we will need them, but I want to retain my equity until I don't need them. So from the very beginning, like I said, we started with $300. Every penny that we made, we put back into the business. We opened a smoothie bar. We invested in marketing. We invested in our team. We hired people like every single penny we made went back into this business. And so that's what the plan of action is to do until we can't, like we don't have enough money to support say a national launch with like a Target or a Walmart or something like that. Cause that is so expensive to do. Cause you got to pay your suppliers and you got to pay for all this stuff before you, so that these, you know, targets have the inventory before you set launch. And then you don't get paid from Target for like 90 days and it just, it's a whole thing. But when we get to that point, we'll need investors. But right now we're doing the slow and steady growth. So a line of credit is all we need right now to support that growth. This is so cool. I love the way you're doing things. How did Blender Bombs come about? Yeah. So I went to South Carolina for college. Go Gamecocks. We're so bad at everything we do. (laughs) Um, And I don't remember anything. I didn't learn a thing, but I gained 30 pounds in college and I was trying to figure out how to lose the weight. I would do every fat diet under the sun. I would do the grapefruit diet, the military diet, paleo, keto, you know, I would do the whole 1200, 1000 calories a day thing and just work out too much. Every toxic bad diet I tried and I would lose some weight, but then I would gain it right back when I became normal again. Um, so finally I went to my doctor and it was more of like a holistic doctor. And I just asked him, why am I binge eating cookie cake all the time? Like I swipe my Carolina card constantly for my great American cookie cake, cookie cake sandwich that had icing in the middle. Do you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Yeah. It was so good. So I know good. everyone listening right now, their mouth is watering and it was so good. So I would just eat it all the time. But I asked my doctor, why am I always hungry? Like, why can't I stop eating? I never stop eating. I'm never not hungry. He was the first person to explain to me what fiber was. I was under the impression that protein is what really kept you full. But for me, what keeps me full is fiber. And so fiber, are you familiar with what fiber is? Not really. Please elaborate. So fiber is in fruits and vegetables, nuts, seeds, anything plant-based. It's what keeps you full. So meat doesn't have fiber. Dairy doesn't have fiber. I'm not saying don't eat those things. I'm just saying to stay full, eat more plants, right? So if you're not feeling full right now, try eating more plants and you'll feel more full, right? But then he also explained to me about cravings and how normally when you crave something, it's because you're deficient in you know, a vitamin or a mineral. And so that again, he explained to me what essential amino acids were and essential fatty acids. So those are the amino acids and fatty acids that you need to survive, right? You've got to eat those. They, then he gave me a list of nuts and seeds, chia seed, hemp seed, flax seed, walnut, pecans, almonds, Yeah. Those are the nuts and seeds he gave me. He said, try adding these in your smoothie every day. They'll keep you full. They cover all the bases on the essential amino acids and fatty acids, and it's going to be a very high fiber smoothie. So I started doing it in about a week of me having that smoothie in the morning and just eating what I call 80, 20 plant-based, like mostly plant-based, not totally plant-based. I noticed that my cravings for a cookie cake were gone. It was nuts after like a week of doing that. And so I fell in love with health and fitness. I was a fashion major, but my what I was doing in my spare time was researching health and fitness. So I became a personal trainer after college, after several failed attempts at the corporate world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was not for me. It's not for you either. I started making these blender bombs for my clients because they didn't have the time to you know buy 10 bags and measure them every day and put them in their smoothie. So then testimonials kept rolling in. I would get text messages from my clients, from their wives, from their kids, You know, people saying how much the blender bombs helped by keeping them full. Therefore, a lot of my customers lost weight because, you know, they weren't binge eating anymore. They finally had this sweet tooth under control and they were able to portion control. And then I started making more blender bombs in my kitchen. I went part-time with my personal training job, started selling bombs on Shopify. And it just, 
it really grew the first year. Like I did it by myself. What year was this? 2017. Okay. I did a million dollars in sales the first year. I worked sun up to sun down. Again, every penny we made, we put back into growing the business. I hired my boyfriend. He was an attorney at the time. He was eight years older than me. He is still eight years older than me. And so I hired him because I am totally, we have two different sides of the brains, right? Like I'm the creative, want to be the face of the brain, want to talk to people, do the podcast recordings, HR, that stuff. And Scott is the paperwork guy. And he's like the sales guy. He's really good at it. He's just, he's a smart cookie. Mm-hmm. What's it like working together, especially when you were just, cause you're engaged now, right? Yeah, we're engaged. So when you guys started working together as a couple, like what was that like when you guys were not even engaged? Like, were you like, I know I'm marrying this person or how did that go? Yeah, I guess like for me, I kind of knew that I did want to marry him, but also if it didn't work out, then Scott had like his employee paperwork or whatever to protect him because he's an attorney. But Luckily, it did work out, but it was really easy at first when it was just us two um, because there was no power struggle. And then when I started hiring employees, it was a little more difficult because it we didn't know our places in the chain of commands. Like I'm still the boss and, you know, he just really is really smart at a lot of things that I'm not good at. And I was still the boss, but he's the one who needed to be the boss over those things. So it took us a long time to figure out where we stand. So now we just don't work on the same projects together because I do what I'm good at and he does what he's good at. Something that is extremely near and dear to my heart is therapy. I have been in and out of therapy, honestly, pretty much my entire life. Um, But I've been back in weekly for the past year and it has been the best thing to ever happen. So that is why I wanted to talk to you guys about BetterHelp. It is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. You can send a message to your counselor anytime and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. I actually really love a good video therapy session. I've actually really been enjoying them. And this is all without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room, right? So BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can find the particular expertise you need online. Don't limit yourself to the counselors that are near you, right? They have licensed professional counselors who are specialized in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, and self-esteem. Anything you share is confidential, it's convenient, it's professional, and it's affordable. In fact, so many people are using BetterHelp. They're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash Kinsey. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Kinsey. Hey friends, my name's Olivia Perez and I'm an entrepreneur, journalist, and the host of the Friend of a Friend podcast. Every Monday, I meet with some of today's youngest and brightest entrepreneurs to make space to tell their stories and shine a light on who I believe to be the next generation of luminaries. I'll interview up-and-comers and game changers from brand builders to personalities, activists, artists, and thought leaders from around the world. Each episode lets you be a fly on the wall during one of the greatest pep talks, like a conversation between you and a friend or a friend of a friend. See you there. So is that how you learned to navigate? That was like your end all be all, like what you learned, we just need to kind of separate more? Oh yeah. Okay, cool. And I missed missing him. Like I saw him talk to him all day during the day and then would come home at night. Well, I didn't come home. I was at home working. But yeah, so now we we don't really talk during the day. We work on totally different things. And now I miss him sometimes. And I like missing him. Okay, so as far as leadership, what is the biggest lesson you've learned? 
Well, I work with some of my closest friends and I really like that, you know, because a lot of people are like, don't work with your friends, don't work with your spouse. But I think if you're naturally like an, a good leader, you'll be able to navigate those waters, especially if you put yourself on the same playing field as, as the people you hire, which I think I do put myself on the same playing field as people I hire, then there's no resentment from the other side. Like if an employee, which I even hate using that word. But if like a coworker has a problem with something that I'm doing, I want to hear them out because if they have a problem, then obviously someone else is going to have a problem. But sometimes you have those people who you realize that they are the problem. They don't understand the mission. And that's when you just kind of have to, you got to let them go. You got to like make sure that the people who are on your team support your mission and understand your mission. And at the end of the day, trust you. So leadership, the most important thing that I learned from leadership, I think is put yourself on the same playing field as people that you hire, respect their opinions just as much as you want them to respect theirs or yours. Okay, so... That topic specifically is a very polarizing topic. I feel like you're either on the end of, I will never work with someone that I have a personal relationship with, or that's like all you want to do. And I personally, like, I think eventually I want to go into business with my spouse. Like I would, I love the idea of controlling my schedule. Also, I love that I already control my schedule. So I think for me, if I'm with someone who works in nine to five, that kind of strips my freedom away almost in a way as well. So it's actually encouraging to hear that. And it is a different take because people will get so burnt by it and they are like the number one advocates against it. Yeah. And we, we go see a couples counselor actively. We go every other week. Well, it's through Zoom and she's awesome. Her name's Janice. She's from Charleston, but she just makes everything lighthearted. Like the issues that we have, there are issues, of course, that we need it's communication issues mostly that we need to resolve. But at the end of the day, she's like, Helen, you guys have such a great foundation you guys have a great relationship and these issues that we're working on, like at the end of the day, they're going to be worked out, but like you guys are solid. And so that gives me like having that third party be like, Hey, you guys are doing it right. Like, yeah, there's some kinks that we need to work out, but just know that you guys are solid because at our core, Scott and I have the same values, all of this stuff. I don't know. I highly suggest working with your spouse because this is so, I could probably get not good for me to say this, but I feel like for a lot of people, if you don't want to work with your spouse, ask yourself why, like, why, what's the reason why, what are you scared of? What's the deal? What do you think made you guys have such a strong foundation? I think honestly, the way we were raised and like our values and our, we really care about people. We really care about honesty and truth. And you know, if I ever like tell a white lie, Scott calls me out on it immediately. And we're just each other's mirrors for sure. Like I tell him, you know, my issue is sometimes I'm a little bit too ditzy. Sometimes I just am not serious about things or, you know, I, overlook like small stuff. Like I do not sweat the small stuff ever, but Scott's an attorney. So he thinks the opposite of me. So he thinks every single little detail is you've got to sweat sweat the small stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're truly each other's mirrors with that. And together we've been able to find a balance. We're still working on it, but like we are finding that middle ground. He's helped me be more serious and I've helped him be more relaxed. I would say. Yeah. I'm like you, I don't sweat the small stuff. I'm visionary, big picture, and I don't want to do the small stuff. So like I've learned leadership business-wise is hiring people who are like what I'm not. Yeah. And that has made the biggest, biggest difference. I didn't, I don't even care if like I have to use up 75% of my personal salary to hire someone to do the stuff I don't like to do. As long as I have enough money to survive on, I I will not spend time doing something I don't want to do. I would rather pay someone to do what I don't want to do. Absolutely. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about human design. Yeah. You can just go into it. Oh my God. What are you? projector, generator, manifesting generator, reflector, and manifester. And so for everyone listening, human design is like a mix of kind of think like astrology meets Myers-Briggs meets the I Ching. That is not by definition what it is, but in layman's term, for people who are kind of like, what the hell is this girl talking about? 
that's what it is. It basically tells you how to live your best life in terms of where to sleep, what to eat, when to eat, relationships. It's a permission slip to live your authentic life, I guess. But you're not going to know what your authentic truth is until you take the test, which is why we're taking the test right now. But I'm a projector. And so my destiny is to be a bird in the trees telling other people what to do. And then I can see things clearer than other people can't. However, I do not have the energy to do, 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 and go, go, go all day, which is why this trip has been really hard for me because I am do, 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 going, going, going all day. And like, we both slept 12 hours last night and it was awesome. Ooh, and um, we got to spend a lot of quality time with our dogs and our cats. But the other day, I just took a nap in the middle of the day, which never happens to me, but that is just a sign that I am getting burnt out right now. I like any sort of personality test in general and any sort of thing that makes me know more about myself, more about how I should handle situations, more about how I should lead relationally. Besides human design, like what are other ways that you learn about yourself as far as leadership and even like relationally? Honestly, it really is a lot of human design. It's mostly What have you learned specifically through human design? Yeah, so I used to eat like three really big meals throughout the day. And then when I looked at my design as a projector, it's just eat smaller meals throughout the day. And so kind of eating like a bird. And for anyone listening, look up Jenna Zoe on Instagram and you can take your own test at jennazoe.com. You just need your birthday, your time of birth, where you were born and your name, obviously. And then it just gives you your chart. But the chart's kind of hard to understand, which is why we're writing a book on it. So stay tuned for that, you guys. It should launch in the next two years. We'll see. But I learned to eat like a bird. I also learned that I recharge by sleeping alone. So two nights a week, I don't sleep with Scott. And honestly, I wish it'd be more. Like I love (laughs) sleeping alone as long as I have an animal with me. But that's because I take on other people's energies. Like I don't create my own energy. So I need to recharge by being by myself. And Scott is also a projector. So he doesn't create his own energy either, which makes it really easy for me to be around him. You know, you you see those people who, who one person is like very gregarious and outgoing and um, always wanting to do something social, but their partner is the opposite of them and likes to stay at home. Normally that's like a generator and a projector relationship kind of. But Scott and I are projector-projector. So we both need our downtime. Other things that I've learned from human design is that I now have the confidence to be a leader. So before I felt like I was bossy, you know, like who am I to be telling people what to do and think I know all this. But now that I know I'm a projector, projectors are natural leaders. Like they do see things differently than other people. And that's given me confidence to to lead in the way that I want to and do things differently than society tells me to. Just this morning, I was making a plan on how I'm gonna get all my steps in every single day and start drinking so much water, right? So I immediately grabbed for my Hydro Jug. I've been telling you guys about this and it has been helping me drink so much more water, which has really been helping me. Obviously, it's important to hydrate, guys. 75% of Americans are dehydrated and water is crucial to your health. Every cell and tissue inside of your body requires water to function and not just any amount of water, but a gallon a day can make a huge impact on your overall health. Also, drinking water improves energy, it curbs your appetite, you get mental clarity, which is always what I need, clear skin and overall wellness. So I love the Hydro Jug because it holds half a gallon of water. I just drink two of them a day. There's a leak-proof seal, wide mouth opening, carry loop, integrated handle. They are BPA-free plastic and they are dishwasher safe. It's also good for the earth. Every day, roughly 60 million plastic water bottles are thrown away. By choosing HydroJug each day, you are becoming a part of the movement to stop the waste. You are making a difference. Just one person switching to a reusable water bottle saves approximately 217 plastic water bottles from going to a landfill. That is crazy. And 38 billion water bottles end up in U.S. landfills per year. 
So you guys can head to thehydrojug.com to customize your jug and use my code I love you for 10% off your purchase. Again, that is thehydrojug.com to customize your jug and use code I love you for 10% off your purchase. Are you a reader? I'm an audiobooker, but yes. What's your favorite audiobook you've listened to recently? Actually, right now I'm reading a book called Quit Like a Woman by Holly Whitaker. Have you read it? I haven't, but everyone is talking about it. And ironically, I didn't drink for two years. And in the past six months, I probably have started drinking like socially again. But I was sober for two years and it was such a great experience. I love that. Wait, I'm so glad that you were sober for two years. That's fantastic. What's really blowing my mind about this book is how I'm a victim of marketing. You know, alcohol is seriously poison for our body. And I do drink. I I keep it in the 20%. I don't drink a lot. But alcohol is poison for our body. And the alcohol companies have done such a great job of matching our emotions with alcohol. So when we're sad, we drink. When we're happy, we celebrate and drink. Just every night before bed, you can't go to bed without drinking. Like we have become victims of marketing. And I don't like that. I do not like being victimized by Regina George. Um, (laughs) I don't like being a victim. So now it's kind of forcing me to be like, oh, wow, you got me these last few years, but now I'm going to think outside the box and I'm not going to let you take my paycheck by me spending on alcohol. Like I'm going to drink less. So I have been drinking less. I also do a three in one trick where I get by a cocktail, but I drink a third of it, fill it up with water, drink a third of it, fill it up with water and then drink the rest. So it's like, I'm getting a glass of water in between my cocktails, right? That's really smart. Yeah, I love that. What about you? What's your favorite book you've been reading? I mean, I read actually 24 seven. I, in the past year have started, I've switched back actually to fiction, which I used to read nonfiction nonstop. But as far as like nonfiction and like human just, development, self-growth, whatever. I think my favorite book ever is called The Elimination of Hurry. It's by John Mark Comer. And it is the best book as someone who is loves to be productive. I love to be efficient. People I love to pleaser. work 24-7. I'm not as much of a people pleaser as you'd think, but I just like working 24-7 because I like working 24-7. But it created really unhealthy habits in my life. And I just felt like I didn't have a life outside of my work. What unhealthy habits? Just like as far as how often I was working and not caring about anything besides work. I was just very kind of like tunnel visioned. And I wasn't actually living my life, which I think... And time was flying by. Time was flying by. And I actually talked about this in another podcast today, but... Like what people would say about me was like, oh, she's a really hard worker. And I'm like, oh, like not a good friend. Like, you know, like there were things that I'm like, I would rather that be said about me than how hard I work personally, right? So when I had, I essentially just like burnt out really bad and it was just really bad for my mental health, whatever. So reading that book, it was really good for me because while it's a little bit maybe more extreme than I would be as far as like the elimination of hurry, it definitely helped me more practically speaking. Like, develop healthier like life rhythms almost and being able to stop working. I think for so long, I just worked 24 seven because I didn't have to think about anything else. And it was more of a like, oh, I'm just ignoring all of this. And then finally, when I like forced myself to slow down, there was so many other things in life that I needed to deal with that like I'm in therapy and and actively dealing with. It was me distracting myself, but also like I loved doing it. So it wasn't like I was miserable, but at the end of the day, I was avoiding my own thoughts. And it's almost like you had direct results from work, you know? Yes. It's addicting. Work exactly. is addicting. It was definitely like- When you love your job. It's, I, I went through the exact same thing you did. And Scott got me out of it. I Okay, I want to hear about this because you first off do so much. And especially right now, like you were so on I the I say go. thanks like it's a good thing. <laughs> no, but how did you navigate that? So I, like you, I tunnel vision, like have a mission, long-term goal. 
it's really this 80-20 lifestyle thing because to me it is, it's the elimination of hurry. It's the elimination of perfection. It's, it's very freeing, you know, 80%, you know, if you have certain goals, right? So at the beginning of the year, beginning of the week, whatever you create your goals. And I take this 80-20 concept and I apply it to everything that I do. Like as long as I reach 80% of my goals or around there, then I'm good. But say I want to exercise five days a week, then my goal is 80% of that. So like three times a week, you know? (laughs) And so I I just totally perfection doesn't even exist in my mind anymore because of this 80-20 concept. And I found like when I was trying to be 100% vegan or 100% plant-based, I burnt out. I was so tired of being controlled by food, right? So that's when my mindset switched to 80-20 and now food is pleasure. It's so pleasurable for me. I love it so much. And you know, my blender mom smoothie, I used to have seven days a week. Now I only have it five days a week because 80, 20, right? But so long-term goal is film a documentary where I gain 30 pounds and show people how to lose it in like a very healthy way, because that's something that a lot of people struggle with is as we can see, as we've seen on TikTok, what's trending, you know, body shaming, fad diets, all that stuff, but like a healthy way to get not even lose weight, but to get to your body homeostasis, which is different for everybody. But to before I film that, I have to have X, Y, and Z lined up, right? So the Blender Bomb company has to be self-sufficient. But Blender Bomb is like breakfast, yogurt, smoothie kind of concept. And so I wanted a snack concept. So then 80-20 market. And I work with like my best friend in 80-20 market. And that's where the cookies and the brownies and the candles and the sage sticks and the whole lifestyle and the aura and how you want your home to feel and just a safe space. That's where we sell products to create that safe space. And then, okay, some days I don't want to make my own smoothie. So like we opened a smoothie bar because we needed this experience. If you've ever watched Shark Tank, a lot of times with new concepts, like Blender Bombs is a new concept. It's never been on the market before, but they want you to open an experience store where your local community can come experience the vibe and the product and the who, what, when, where, why, how behind the product. So we opened up a smoothie bar and a food truck. So now we're going to franchise that, but I have to get all of these lined up before I can film that documentary, right? Oh, yes, yes. But I hire, I delegate like crazy. So I spend a lot of my personal salary on hiring people to do things that I don't want to do. My assistant is the best. Like, I got so lucky with her. Every day I tell her that she's my rock and like, I'm so thankful for her. She allows me to do me and to grow, be the visionary, but like create the products and then they execute it. How do you plan your day to day? And even week by week, like, how do you handle and manage all of this? I don't plan anything. I don't. Insane. Wait, I don't okay. Plan. I mean, I need to hear about this. Yeah. So I have an email, you know, three emails that I look at every day. I browse through them and I forward them to my team. So a girl named Madeline, who I went to college with, and we were really good friends in college. She handles my schedule and she lets me know like that morning what I'm doing, who I'm seeing, et cetera, like little details on, on everything. And then I don't operate with to-do lists because I never actually do them, you know? So what works for you? I go through my email and if it's pressing, I do it that day. If it's not, I'm like, I'll do it tomorrow. (laughs) But every day I mark my emails as unread if I have to do them. I literally organize myself through my emails and marking things as unread. Are you like a routine person at all? No, not at all. Are there certain things you want to make sure you do every day though? I do every morning. The one thing that I've been really consistent with is right when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is I go through a concept called games in my head, which I made up this year during COVID because I was like trying to better myself, but games. So G is gratitude. So I say what I'm thankful for. A is affirmation. So like whatever affirmations I want that week, lately I've been doing, I am grateful. I am, or was, I am healthy. Yes. I am well. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that. Um, and then M is like manifest. So what do I want to manifest today or this week in general? And then I envision what I want to manifest happening. And then S is silence. So I do like a silent walk or a silent meditation, something like that. But I've been really consistent with that. 
when you're silent, because I think this is something that's really hard for people to do. It's really hard for myself. They actually talk a lot about it in the book I was talking about. Was that something that came easy for you to be silent? No, it's still not easy. So how do you do it practically? I know that's like such a hard question to answer, but if I try to just sit there and be silent, I think I can do it for like two minutes, but then all of a sudden, like my, my mind just goes everywhere. I don't normally sit in silence. I walk in silence. So I walk the dog in silence a lot. I walk in silence. Yeah, because I do like to be moving. Again, probably a flaw. Like I probably should. I don't know. Fuck the shit. No, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I need to do what I want to do. But I also, when I do like a meditation, I use insight timer. So I do a guided meditation and that I like. That's what I should probably start doing. When I go visit Costa Rica or Mexico or something like that, the silent meditations come so much easier because of the vibe that I'm in. And I do try to recreate that vibe in my house, but ever since COVID and when we dropped our office, you know what, we have eight people in and out all day in our house. Like it's not a calm vibe anymore. It's not relaxing. It's, it's a safe space because I love everyone that I work with, but it is um, not calm. This episode of I Love You So Much is brought to you by Bright Cellars. Bright Cellars is the wine subscription service that helps you find wines you love without the normal intimidation and wine pretentiousness you are used to. If you are a new wine drinker or someone who has been drinking wine for years, Bright Cellars will pair you with wines you love using a quick 30-second quiz. In addition, they're offering you 50% off your first six-bottle box. I love being a hostess with the mostest, but I wouldn't say I know that much about wine. So I really love Bright Cellars. One, because they actually source their wines from all over the world to assure every box has a wine you've not tried, but they also have wine education cards. So you can learn about the wine's tasting notes, serving temperatures, and know what foods pair well with your wine. This is perfect for hosting or even just having a night to yourself. I had a little girl's night here the other night and we drank Pet Name. It was so good. You can also switch up the amount of reds and whites if you're a seasonal wine drinker and you can skip an order whenever you want. The best part is that if you don't like a bottle of wine, Bright Cellars will work with you to include a replacement bottle in your next order. To top it all off, Bright Cellars members also get access to premium, sustainable, sparkling, and biodynamic. For I Love You So Much listeners, we are giving you 50% off your first six bottles from Bright Cellars. Head to brightcellars.com slash I love you. That is Bright Cellars, B-R-I-G-H-T-C-E-L-L-A-R-S dot com backslash I love you to receive 50% off your first six bottle order. Bright Cellars, helping you discover wines you love one glass at a time. I like how you just kind of march to the beat of your own drum. I feel like I am someone, I really like learning from other people. I love taking things that I think would be good for me, passing on the others. But at the same time, sometimes I feel like I'll put pressure on myself that I have to be exactly what they or do exactly what they're doing. Dude, human design. It, has it is to a be. permission slip to be yourself. Okay, that's what it is know. such a breath of fresh air if you and that's what sucks right now is because human design is relatively new and there's no good information out there. Like I cannot wait to launch this book because there's no free good information um, except for on Instagram. But then again, it's not organized. It's like, oh, luckily I came across this today, you know? There's no black and white blueprint, but human design, if you look into yours and we can talk about it later, whenever you figure it out, but it is a blueprint to just like fuck the shoulds, you know, this is what I need to do. I think right now I'm only 23 and I've had like a major life shift probably in the past six months. And I, I feel like I was a little bit more tunnel vision than I thought at that point of like, 
this is what my life is going to be. This is what it's going to be like. This is how I'm going to operate. And now everything in my life has honestly changed in the past six months, my personal life specifically. And I'm, I don't know. I almost feel like I'm all over the place and I am a planner. It is what works for me though. Yeah, But I'm figuring out what works for me. And then also like, it's okay for like, what I want to change and to find out like, oh, this is actually better for me than what I thought. Like what I wanted isn't necessarily what I needed. Totally. So this is what I need to do because I have to figure it out. And I do feel like I'm having a little bit of like an identity crisis as far as like how I operate almost. Do we want to talk about it? I think a lot of it is like future oriented and more specifically. Okay. Like specifically like relationally, things like that, like different people in my life. It's more of oh, like this is actually maybe like the kind of person that I want in my life versus not the kind of person that I want in my life. In terms of like your friendships or like romantic? Both, I think. Romantic probably more. But it's more so it's allowing myself to change my mind. And I think that is what I've had the hardest problem with. Yes. And again, human design, because again, Scott, love him to death. He's not perfect. Like it's this 80-20 concept. Like as long as your core and foundation is there, you both at the end of the day, love each other so much and you will do whatever it takes, like have the best relationship possible. Having that mature mindset because he's eight years older than me and he had to kind of explain that to me because I would flee every time we got into an argument. Like one little argument, we disagreed, I would flee. And it's to me, I'm like, well, that's just because you're not up to par. Like you're not good enough. Like it's toxic stuff. Yeah, it's so bad. It's so toxic. But I didn't even realize that all the crazy stuff I was doing that to him was like a red flag. He never fleed. Because he's like, at the end of the day, like most of you, the majority of you, your core, your values, like you are a great person and I love being around you. And even though you do things that drive me crazy, I'm not going to flee because of it. Like, are you out of your mind? You're not going to find someone perfect. I'm normally like him, but I think right now I'm like you. But I think it's because I've been with someone who is like that or was like you in that sense. So yeah. now I'm like, oh, wait. You think that's normal? I don't know. It's also like accepting for me. We're like so off topic, but it's accepting like there's something good that's coming my way and, and it's going to stay. Like that I think is another and thing. And signs, like you will get the signs. You will get the knowing. So when I first started dating Scott, I, I wasn't that into him because I thought he was too old for me because I had just graduated college and he was eight years older, which is not too old at all. But for someone out of college, you're like, oh God, he's in his thirties. Like not what you pictured. Yeah, not yeah. what I pictured. And so, but then, you know, I see him a couple weeks later after blowing him off a little bit. He comes back from Costa Rica. He's so tan. He has a beard. He looks so handsome. And I run into him three days in a row at three different places. And I was like, that's a sign. Like, done. Like, we're doing this. That is crazy. Yeah. But that will come. You will just know. It could be a feeling. It could be a situation. It could be an introduction. Like, you'll know. Wow. Love that. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about you growing up. Did you always plan to be an entrepreneur? I mean, you're not even just not Like, you literally do everything. You want to know something funny? What? And actually before this, you know, we were talking about, I kind of want to start my own podcast, but what do I do? So I recorded like a fake episode just to see what I would talk about. And I started the business in 2017, April of 2017. But in 2019, I Googled, what is an entrepreneur? Because someone had sent me an email being like, Hey, we want to interview you about your entrepreneurial spirit. I was like, what is an entrepreneur? Like I do not turn on the TV ever. Like I don't pay attention to anything. I don't know anything. Like Scott is the one who holds those conversations when we're out to dinner with couples about like current events and stuff. But I didn't know what the word entrepreneur meant like at all. I've never read a business book in my life. I was just personal development, nutrition girl. Like that was me. Business still doesn't come naturally, but that's why I like what we do is because it doesn't feel like a business. It feels like I'm living my life and like I'm growing my child. Yes. I love that. I did sell purses that I made out of fabric for a dollar. I was always like in leadership positions. I never aspired to be an entrepreneur. I still what did you don't. think you were going to do 
did you just want to train forever? Like, I mean, I know you kind of changed a lot in college, but I wanted to be a fashion major. Okay. I was like, I am going to go put different patterns together and make clothes. And now look at you. <laughs> putting other and things then, together. Yeah. I'm putting like, I've, it's still some sort of like design, I guess, for sure. Like I love the design aspect of things. I want to talk about health with you. What are, I know you talk about intermittent fasting. Like what are some things that you are passionate about as far as health goes? I think what I'm super passionate about is plant-based. It's so important for people to eat mostly plants. And I don't want to sit here and tell people to eat all plants because I don't even do that. You know, there's a lot of great people who do, but we have to eat mostly plants and I'm not the most educated on it. You might even want to get someone on here who is super educated on like more so like the biology of plants and things like that. And I'm truly the worst about reciting what I've read this is such a bad answer, but yeah, I just want people to eat mostly plants. That's it. For the longevity of the planet, for the longevity of your own body. And I also think that if you get super stressed out about trying to be 100% plant-based, like your cortisol levels going up, that has a negative effect long-term. But you really, yeah, maybe we, you should get someone on here to talk about being plant-based and the science behind it. What were the major benefits that you saw? Like, did you have a lot more energy? I am a huge believer in energy, not just feeling energy, but like energy in the world as well. And I think that if, I was eating the same diet that I, that I used to. I don't think blender bombs would ever exist. It never would exist. But because I feel like I'm doing less harm, but I'm not eating animals. Like some crazy good things have happened to me that are just unexplainable. I don't know what I did to deserve them, except that I really am genuinely like a good person. <laughs> and then in the day, I like, I don't have bad thoughts, rarely have bad thoughts. It's the weirdest thing, but it's because, and just like you, we spend so much time doing personal development but it took me a while to get there. I used to be the meanest person in the world. Really? Yeah. And then, yeah, I used to be like so mean. And then I went to a church camp one day and I started understanding like kindness and it just totally changed my life. You are like so fascinating to me because I'm like, I don't understand how you do all of this because I just operate so different. I need to know, like I know, especially right now, your day-to-day -day is so different, but can you just take me through maybe a day that you had this week? So you want to know what happened today? Yes, I do. Okay, so I woke up and I... I did my games in my head and then I roll over, I kiss my dog. I'm like, Scott, do you love me or the dog more? And he's like, the dog. I'm like, touche. <laughs> and then, and then I look at my phone because Madeline Kayla texted me like what I have to do that day, who I'm meeting. And then I go to La La Land and I meet fake Carly oh, and real so Carly. Funny. Yes. yes. <laughs> I had a phone call with an attorney. I went to lunch with Scott. I um, am doing this podcast with you. I have a drink date tonight with an influencer in town. And then I have a dinner date with another influencer in town that I've like been Instagram friends with for a while. And the reason why we're doing all these influencer meetings is, and you'll like this too, is because how often do you get approached by a brand who just like doesn't give a fuck about you? Yeah, all the time. Like I actually care about the influencers that we work with and I want to get to know them and I want to make them feel special and I want to make them feel seen. And like the way that I feel that way is when someone like hangs out with me and gets to know me and asks questions about me and and that's what I want to do with the people that we work with too. So we're taking them out to dinner, getting to know them on a personal level. That way it doesn't feel like as business transactional and it's more of a relationship. As far as like being on the brand side, what has been the most success you've seen as far as like outreach to influencers or other brands or just networking in general? What has worked the best for you guys? Two sides to this story. What has brought in the most sales for the brand, for the business is going on people's podcasts like this. Like we went on the Skinny Confidential and that just crushed it. And the other side of things, like how do I get influencers to fall in love with the brand is I really just tell them how it started. And a lot of times it's the girls want to support girls. And also people know that, you know, I'm not out there just rolling in the dough. It's like 
everyone gets a little piece of the pie from whatever we bring in. Like we do pay, we do give a percent of sale. Normally that's how we work is like a larger percent of sale because we don't have investors. So we don't have the money to just like pay someone up front because it is super risky. You never know what you're going to get, but we do it a cool way. We do a percent of sale where if our Amazon sales increase that day, we give you a little chunk of that because we know it's from you, even though you can't track with the code sort of thing. So we try to be really fair with everyone we work with. And I think just having a good rapport, we also just like keep mad in touch with the influencers we work with. And we talk to them about their lives, not just business. We just are so not transactional because transactional disgusts me. It does. Like, it's like you wear something once and you throw it away like fast fashion. To me, that's disgusting. It's the same thing with influencers. You don't just use them once and like toss them away. It doesn't happen with us. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I have absolutely loved this episode. What is like the best piece of advice someone's ever given you. And I feel like this is going to be interesting because you definitely marched to the beat of your own drum. It's so funny that you say that too, because people didn't start telling me that until recently. You definitely do. I love it. I think it's so cool. Like, am I weird? I don't know. No, it's like, you know, what all works my for friends you. tell me I'm so weird. No, I think it's like, <laughs> I think you know what works for you and you just follow that. And I love that because while I do know what works for me, I think I will fall on the end of like, Oh, like putting pressure on myself to operate a certain way, even though it doesn't work for me. And for your job and your business in general, you are constantly in taking new information. You're constantly hearing from other recorders, other influencers, other entrepreneurs, like what works for them. And so you probably do second guess yourself all the time. Maybe I shouldn't start a podcast. No, it'll be (laughs) fine. You're fine. You're fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, because when you start listening to other people, it, you don't become yourself. That's why human design will be so huge for you. And I personally am so excited to see how so you excited. evolve when you start implementing human design into your life. I really want to like do a look at it with you afterwards and kind of walk you through it. But best piece of advice I've gotten, I've said it a couple of times on here, there's two things. Fuck the shoulds, like literally fuck the shoulds, you know, and Gen Z is doing a great job of doing that already. And so I wish the whole world would take that in there because we're so used to what we should do, how we should dress based on the city that we're in or the people that we hang out with, the podcast that we listen to, like, what should I be doing? Oh, I should be doing this. No, you shouldn't like do what works for you and we'll do what makes you happy. And if at any point you're doing something that doesn't make you happy, that's when maybe you should reconsider. It's just getting back to the basics. And the second piece of advice is life is just a game. And that happened. I was doing ayahuasca in Costa Rica. And that's what kept coming up for me constantly for like several hours. It's life is just a game. Life is just a game. And then I was uh, listening to the book shoe dog about Nike and he talked about it. And I like, started crying when he said it. He was like, at the end of the day, you know, life is just a game. And I always tell myself that. And I was like, oh my God, I've never heard that before. He thought that I thought that like a lot of people understand that now because nothing really matters, you yes. know? And that is while it might only sound depressing, it's actually the most freeing thing to hear at the end of the day too. Like my dad operates the same way as me. So he always like, no, he's like, if you're anxious, if you're this, whatever, he's like, it just, you can't take things that seriously. And that's what I'm currently working on. Yeah. And I want to help you. Like anytime you are anxious about something, just call me and I'll be like, fuck the shits. You're, you're for sure going to regret this because I'll be calling you every day, but I will be doing that. No, I love that. If I could just pass off all the hard work so I could just talk to like people that I work with all day, I would love that. It would be the best. Oh yeah. Sign me up. (laughs) Okay. So where can they find you? So my personal is at Helen Hall and Blender Bombs, which we didn't even really talk about what it was, but briefly what it is. It's a ball of nuts and seeds. You throw it in your smoothie, makes your smoothie a meal replacement, keeps you really full. You can crumble it over oatmeal or yogurt, or you can eat it as a snack. And that you can find on blenderbombs.com. Instagram is at blenderbombs. We sell on Amazon. We're in Costco, Southeast, Whole Foods nationally. But um, we're going to do a discount code for your followers. So we can do 15% off with the code ILYSM. 
Philly so much. <laughs> love it. Which is probably why you love La La Land because they're always like, love you. I know, right? <laughs> okay, guys, that is it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. Be sure to check out Helen and Blender Bombs. What a time, guys. What a gal. She is wild and just so interesting. So hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and I'll talk to you next week.